0: As I was listening to the song, I was you know, inspired, I think, the message of that song, the message of that prayer is an invitation that um, causes us to want to rise higher, right? To, to be a better person, to be a brighter light, and some of you may have that as a prayer that you say regularly. It actually is a prayer I say every Sunday when I step off the platform. And we do our meditation in silence. That's the first prayer that I pray silently as we sit in silence every single every single Sunday. And yet, if you're like I am, you may find that you need a little bit more than just those words to really stay true to as much of what you want to be spiritually, um, that we need some reminders, that we need to. Have prayers, yes, but other things maybe that really help us to stay anchored. And so in this month, as I've been sharing some ideas around things worth remembering, we talked about things worth remembering, that we need to make peace with our past, that we really need to have a spiritual team is what we talked about uh, last Sunday. And today I want to talk to you about the idea of having a spiritual toolkit, a spiritual toolkit, I imagine that many of you have in your home at least a couple of toolkits. I know that I have kind of um, a very simple uh, physical toolkit that has some, you know, a hammer and, and uh, different kinds of screwdrivers and some nails and some picture hangers and the you know, very simple kinds of things, and, and when I would need to hang a picture or, or do something that requires a hammer or a nail, I know exactly where to get it. My little toolkit is nothing at all like my husband's. <laughs> you need two people to carry my husband's, and that's only one of several toolkits that he has that I found. He might even have a few more. He might even have a few more. I have a sewing kit. I imagine some of you might have a sewing kit as well. I've got needles in there and safety pins and straight pins and basic colors of threads and different buttons. And as I've gotten a little older, I have found the need to have those little devices that help you thread the needle. I can remember when my mother would come to me and say, Wendy, can you help me thread this needle? I thought, gosh, mom, can't you see it? Oh my goodness, does that come back to haunt me now as I take, you know, a tiny little sharp needle and I try to put that thread right through the eye of the needle, but that sewing gets handy. I know exactly where it is. I can grab it when I want to sew a button on or fix something. I have a first aid kit, you probably have one too, that has, you know, Band-Aids and Neosporin and different kinds of, you know, like ibuprofen and an ankle type of brace, a brace if you twist your ankle, the kinds of things that, you know, if somebody gets hurt, you want to quickly, you don't want to be running all through your house trying to find it, right? You want to know you can put your hands on it and use whatever you need. So it's handy to have a toolkit. And it's important to know where it is, and it's important to make sure it's well supplied, and it's important to make sure you know how to use the things that are in it, and I think it's important to also take a look at it from time to time. And so I want to talk to you about the idea of a spiritual toolkit. And as I was putting this lesson together, I thought, I wonder if there are any apps out there called spiritual toolkits. And there is, and there may be more than one, but there is an AA, spiritual toolkit app. And it's really cool. The parts that I could see in the description, it has the steps, it has a place that people can do their inventory, their personal inventory. It is a way to link up with your sponsor, it has reminders, and I thought, what a cool idea! What a cool idea! But what's in your spiritual toolkit? Do you have one? Have you ever even thought of one? And I want to share with you some things that I think are essential things to have in someone's spiritual toolkit. And then I'll share, as time permits, some extras that you might want to include in your toolkit. And as I share with you some of what's in mine, I'm kind of do a mental check off and see if you've got the equivalent or something, something similar. Because going back to the beauty of the song, Lord, make me an instrument of five peace. Going back to the beauty of that prayer, if we really want to live that way even more, then I think we need prayers and even more than just some prayers. So first is I think we need to have an essential, simple form of mindfulness practice. That one essential is the simple mindfulness practice. And I really want to emphasize the word simple. And it could be as basic as every time you come to a stoplight or you're at a red light that you practice mindful breathing. It could be as simple as that, as simple as that. It could be every time that you walk into a room, that you cross over a threshold, you walk through a door, you practice mindful breathing. It could be instead a practice to, of mindful driving. Can you imagine how much safer the roads would be? If in addition to passing our driver's test, we had to pass a mindfulness driver's test, I mean, it would be a whole lot safer and our insurance rates would probably go down as well. But maybe it's a practice of mindful driving. Or maybe it's a practice of mindful eating. You know, in certain um, uh, diet programs, the practice of mindfully eating is a significant part of that. So in your spiritual toolkit, do you have a simple mindfulness practice that you use consistently? It could be mindful breathing, it could be mindful eating, it could be mindful driving, it could be mindful something else that I haven't even thought of, but do you have a simple mindful practice? I think that's the a first essential. A second is some form of contemplative practice contemplative practice? Do you have some form of contemplative practice? It could be meditation. And there are many, many, many forms of meditation. But I think it's essential. I don't know how to be an instrument of peace, an instrument of kindness, an instrument of light, without having some form of contemplative practice. Something that helps me to quiet my mind, to open my heart, to clear out, clean out so to speak, so that I can get up out of my contemplative practice, more energized and more committed to living into such a prayer as Lord make me an instrument of thy peace. So it could be meditation, It could be affirmative prayer. We recently did a series, I recently did a series with you on prayer. It could be affirmative prayer. It could be centering prayer, which is kind of in my mind a combination of affirmative prayer and meditation. But do you have something that is contemplative in nature that you do every day, and I'm going to suggest that you do it at the start of the day. At the start of the day. We want to get off to the best possible start that we can. I I find myself, when I say that, I think of the start of my day, and I've always been an early riser, but I think the start of my day is an awful sounding alarm. I need to change that. There's gotta be, I'm sure there are all different kinds of sounds that you can set up on your phones and so forth to, to wake you up. But even the word, right? Even saying, alarm clock. Is that the way that we really want to start a day in this response to alarm? Maybe not. But however we first wake up, whatever causes us to get out of bed in the morning, what are the things that we do next? Do we have built into our day a practice of contemplation? And it, I think it's more important that it's consistent than that it's really long. I know a lot of people say it's too hard for them to be quiet, it's too hard for them to sit still, they can't meditate for a long period of time. Then don't have it be long, but have it be what? Consistent, consistent, because anything we do consistently we get better at, whether it's a positive health, life-producing thing or a negative thing. Why are some people so good at worrying? They're very practiced at it. Why are some people so good at criticism and negativity? They're really practiced at it. Why are some people so good at love? They practice it. Patience, they practice it. So some sort of contemplative practice. Check it off, you've got that. A third essential, I think, is a daily reading of something inspirational. And it doesn't have to be long. And there's so many things available to us, you know, right on our phones if we want them. So many things we can sign up for. You can sign up for the what I put out, the Just For Today messages, that are very, very short, but something that kind of just sets your day after you finish that con- time of contemplation with a thought or something inspirational. It could be reading from the Bible, Believe it or not, there are people in unity who love to read from the Bible. That may not be everybody. Maybe it's reading from the Tao Te Ching. Maybe it's reading from another sacred text. Maybe it's reading an inspirational quote, but to take into your mind and your heart something from another voice, if you will, or even another day and age, if you will, that can evoke in you a higher thought, a higher inspiration. A fourth essential practice is gratitude. Is gratitude in your spiritual toolkit. And obviously by now you know that I'm not talking about a physical kit, like my first aid kit or my toolkit or my sewing kit. But in your physical toolkit, do you have a consistent gratitude practice? And if you're nodding your head, yes, that's wonderful. And if you don't, I really encourage you to find a practice of gratitude that works for you. Again, it can be something simple. It does not have to be that you get a physical gratitude journal that you can write in. You certainly can do that. You could create a journal on your phone or your computer to write your gratitude in. But those are not the only ways. You can make gratitude a practice Every time you come to a stop sign, you could say thank you for something, right? And over time, what does that help to do? It helps to build up the habit of gratitude, of appreciation. Every time you walk into a new room or the phone rings or you get a text or a commercial comes on the television, mute it, close your eyes, and have a few moments of gratitude. Don't pick all of them. Don't pick all of them but pick one that will become your positive trigger that says to you, when this happens, I do that. There's a lot of um, research and and, um, study that's been, been done of late on how habits are formed and what are some of the good things that we can do to help us develop and sustain habits. And having triggers, and I know that word can be a negative word, but it's used in a positive context here. Having triggers that when one thing happens, your your reaction or your behavior is going to be something else is an easy way to begin to develop and sustain a new habit. So if you don't already have a consistent gratitude habit, what could you link in your life as being a positive trigger that whenever that happens you're going to just, you could close your eyes or not, you could speak aloud or not, but you move into a momentary feeling of gratitude, right? Each of these things are really very simple. Like my sewing kit is not the same thing as a sewing room. It's not the same thing as everything that is available for a sewer in Joanne's fabric store, right? But it's enough to get the job done. In our spiritual toolkit, it doesn't have to be something that takes tons and tons of time. But I think we want to be aware of and purposeful about what, excuse me, what are the things, the activities that are in there that we are willing to commit ourselves to on a regular basis, on a consistent basis, when we do. Our life changes. Our life changes. We teach in metaphysics the importance of consciousness, right? The importance of what we hold in mind consistently and steadily is important because it begins to impact how we feel, the energy that, that we hold, and that impacts the direction that we move in our life, that impacts what we say yes to, what we say no to, how we show up, how we interpret what is before us, good, bad, or however we want to to label it. And so with each of these essential pieces that I've been suggesting we put in our spiritual toolkit, it's about what will change us at the level of consciousness. But it doesn't happen with one thought, it doesn't happen with one prayer, it doesn't happen with one mindfulness moment. It happens as we develop the consistent practice. It's why we call it a practice, right? It's why we call it a practice. A fifth essential to me is either a mantra or some sort of form of very short phrase two or three words that we go to, that you go to when all is, I'm not gonna say the thought that just crossed my mind, when things are really going bad. When we're at our wit's end, when we feel like I just don't know what to do and I'm feeling very frustrated or very upset or very frightened or very worried, that you have something you can go to right away. And it may be as simple as, let go and let God. It could just be the word breathe. I remember when I was practicing the martial art of Aikido, in the dressing area of our dojo was a very, very simple and rather small, not fancy, poster of the word exhale. And it was written in kind of a calligraphy style. And it was written so the letters were vertical, not horizontal. Exhale. And at the very bottom, it had that look of ink dropping in a very, very pleasant look that just when you looked at it, absolutely evoked the feeling of, (sighs) do that with me. (sighs) Those kinds of things as simple, as they are, when we weave them into the very fabric of who and how we be in the world, over time, change us at depth. Do you have a simple phrase or word that is your phrase, word, or go-to? It could be a mantra, Om Mani Padme Om. It could be anything, but it needs to be yours. And the thing that over time. You don't even have to think about grabbing it. It thinks you. Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever had that happen? It thinks you. You're in a tough situation, and you're floundering, and all of a sudden that word, or that prayer, or that visual is there for you. Why? Because you've trained yourself. You've trained yourself. We have a what the... Um, meditation teachers call monkey mind because we haven't trained our minds. We haven't learned how to train our minds. That's why, in part, as soon as we close our eyes and, and attempt to become more quiet and still, almost everything but that happens, right? Because training our mind is a practice. And each of these things I'm talking about actually can help us to be able to train our minds, to use our minds more deliberately. Think about that for a moment. To use your mind more deliberately. We have all sorts of thoughts and stuff going on in our heads all day long, right? Right? That doesn't seem very deliberate. It can be almost like an automatic pilot or from habit. But how about deliberately? using our mind. That's in in part what affirmative prayer is about. That's what I think the use of a mantra or a short phrase is about, deliberately using our mind. Just one more essential. You might think, boy, this is a big spiritual toolkit. And while there might be quite a few things I'm suggesting are essential, um, they don't have to take a whole lot of time. You already have it, we all have enough time to do all of these things. The six is something to hold, something physical. For some of you, it may be your white stones that you do at the end of the year when we do our burning bowl white stone service. If you have that, keep it with you. Touch it from time to time. Mine are my malas and almost all of the time I have these on. I would not be honest if I said I always remember why I have them on, but I do remember a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time, and when I am feeling overwhelmed or worried or any kind of feeling or situation, I wish weren't so for myself at at the moment. If I have these on my wrist, I'll touch them. I'll hold them. There's nothing magic about them. Not really, but they mean something to me and they represent something to me. They represent a very profound moment of awakening for me. And that's what it helps bring me back to. You might have something like malas. You might have, I don't know what it would be for you, but I do know that it can be very valuable to have something that you can just touch. I mean, why do we even use the term touchstone, right? Because it can be something that causes us to quickly move back to a moment in time or an experience in time or an awareness in time where we touch something deep, peaceful, and helpful. Does that make sense? Okay, so I'm going to very quickly just mention some other things that you might give some thought to um, that might go in your spiritual toolkit. You might want to think about some, some rituals. And it could be as simple as lighting a candle when you meditate. It could be um, a certain fragrance of incense that you burn, if that's pleasant to you. It could be if you have a, a Tibetan bowl or a quartz bowl or something, that you have a little bit of ritual. You know, one of the things I think we kind of are missing in our culture, and, and maybe it's generational now, I don't know, are think rituals. Positive rituals that just help us kind of celebrate things and and remember things. So maybe there's a place in your spiritual toolkit for you to personalize it with a ritual that means something to you. I think another piece that can be in our spiritual toolkit is some form of service to others. Some way, some commitment, um, and it doesn't have to be big, but some thing that causes us to get outside of ourselves. It's not the entire answer, by any means, to depression, but it is often suggested that when people are depressed, one of the things that can help lift some of that is to make sure that their world isn't so small and only wrapped up in themselves, that to get outside of oneself, whether it is to say every time I see somebody struggling with a grocery cart or a grocery bag, If I've got the physical strength to help them, I'm going to help them. Or if I see somebody struggling to get into a building, I'm going to be the one that opens the door. I mean, it can just be a mindset of service that also helps to build into us a greater spiritual maturity and awareness. And then finally, I might suggest, maybe there is some place for um, creative expression, like something with regard to art or music or dance. And you might say, well, what does that have to do with with my spirituality? I think it has everything to do with our spirituality. Our spirituality isn't in a tiny little box. Our spirituality should infuse everything that we are and everything that we do. So, as you think about what is in your spiritual toolkit, When was the last time you looked at it maybe? Have you looked at it recently? And I ask that not to put anybody in a place of guilt or anything like that, but just an encouragement. If you haven't considered it, would you consider considering it today? Would you consider looking at what are the things you're currently doing and what are the things that, you know, I could add this and I know that if I do, I can begin to improve my life even more than it already is. I hope there's been at least one or two ideas that are helpful. Namaste.